This should be interesting because this old friend of the show has been making news this week. We've had Jay Leno on from time to time, and this week, unfortunately, he was involved in an accident working on one of his cars, suffered some burns to his body, and joining us now on the ticket hotline from the hospital is Jay Leno. Good morning. Yeah, yeah. how you guys doing? Talking to the muses. Yeah, <laughs> you sound good. Yeah, yeah more... you know, my spirits are good, you know, but believe it or not, after all I've been to, you know, it's a... Uh... Yeah, I love working on cars, and, uh, you know, sometimes that, uh, you know, it comes back to bite you, and uh, got a little burn in the face area, I guess. Yeah, you know. sounds awful. Oh, it's You know, they all already had the surgery, you know, like, rebuild my face and everything. It was, I was very disappointed after the surgery, I must say. Really? Well, I asked for a Brad Pitt, you know, but unfortunately they gave me a Steve Buscemi, you know. Oh. <laughs> okay, some Hollywood jokes here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, after being in the hospital, I guess you could say I'm working a little more blue. Black and blue! Okay, oh, all right. But yeah. I am going crazy, you know, I'm going crazy because I can't do stand-up, you know. That's my first yeah. question. Other than cause, I love doing stand-up. <laughs> doing stand-up and everything. But, uh, but uh, I even asked the hospital pharmacist for advice. I said, hey, I want to tell a rat. Joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. There's your rim shot. There you go. Well, I didn't have much advice. He just only thing he told me was to make it topical. That's all he said. You know. Okay. All right. <laughs> You're good at that. Rash joke and topical. You know. <laughs> but it's, it's very strange that I'm in the hospital now because just last week I was visiting a friend who who had been um, rushed to the hospital with food poisoning. Mm. He had uh, eaten a horse burger. You ever heard of that? Uh, oh, gosh. gosh. Yeah, apparently now he's now in stable condition. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> Boy, okay. even in, uh, after injury, he still got the jokes. But, uh, you know, I got a good support system here. Of course, Mavis, my wife, yeah. uh, you know, she's uh-huh. been with me for a long time. And uh, it reminds me, you know, Mavis, uh, my wife, had she had a medical issue when I was on the road a few years ago. And, uh, mm. Yeah, I was out on the road, and then uh, it was like, like 10 o'clock at night or something like this. The doctor calls me and says, Mr. Lemon, oh, your wife's in the hospital. <laughs> oh, that's like, terrible. Oh, my God, you know, how is she? And the doctor said, I'm afraid she's critical. Huh. And I said, oh, God, you get used to that. But, uh, you know, how's she doing? <laughs> 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 I shouldn't say that. You know, I love my, my wife, Mavis. I remember, you know, I remember after we'd been married for about uh, 30 years or so, she said, down, yeah. Jay, hey, listen, darling, do I I please you in bed? And I said, I said, yeah, you know, I love that trick that you do with your mouth. You know. Oh gosh. She said, what trick? And I said, the one where you shut up and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to hear that you can still joke after going through something very serious of like course, this. You gotta have your sense of humor, job. Yeah, know? that's right. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of sex. Speaking of sex, we're always speaking of sex, aren't we? Right. Yeah, you were. Why is sex like math? Why? Well, you add a bed, you subtract the clothes, divide the legs, and pray there's no multiplying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you just keep them coming, don't you? Yeah, you got a million of them. That's all we do here, you know? That's why i got to laugh, you know, because I'm wrapped up like a mummy right now. It's just oh, unbelievable. You know, oh. I can't see. They just have these little, you know, I, I can only see out of the gauze just a little bit, like kind of like, a, you know, like one of the mummies at the Scooby-Doo kids. Yeah. You know, You're that yeah. wrapped up, huh? Oh, totally wrapped up. i tell you what, a painful ride in the ambulance is mm-hmm. very painful. Yeah. That reminds me, you know, what do you call a boy who finally stood up to the bullies? What? 
an ambulance. That's what you call the boy. Okay. Because he, yeah. And took, took a whooping, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's a funny. Uh, I tell you a joke. You want to hear a joke? Okay, yeah. let's hear a joke. An old lady's husband dies. The old lady gets depressed and uh, wants to go, you know, wants to kill herself. So she goes to the doctor and asks him, "Hey, where's the heart located?" Doctor tells her it's under the left breast. So she goes to the gun store, buys a gun, comes home, pulls the trigger. Minute to the hospital with a bullet wound to her left knee, gentlemen. That's, uh, that's what happens. He's old lady, see, under the left breast. Way down there, <laughs> pulled the trigger under the left left breast, trying to shoot herself in the heart. Jay, gotcha. We are up against it, <laughs> and uh, we're glad you're feeling better because the booby was so low. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, we wish you well, and um, and hope to see you back out on the road soon. I'll leave you with I'll leave you with this one. Okay, you got more. <laughs> no, I can't do this. I'm going to say all my jobs and not do the last one. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. From the burn ones. Okay, good luck, Jay. All right, good luck. Huh? All right, we'll see you. There goes uh, Jay Leno. we got Gordo's Corner coming up, 915. We'll get some fantastic Friday feedback. And then what will the Cowboys show us on Sunday in Minneapolis? We'll get to that at 935. Right now, let's talk hockey with our buddy Daryl Razor Ray. It's brought to us by Low T Center. Stars with another win last night on the road, 6-4 over the Panthers. And uh, Razor, since the last time we talked to you, this team has played four games. They've picked up five points. They've scored a lot of goals. And last night they had some good goaltending, especially early from Scott Wedgwood, who had to leave the game Mm. on a stretcher with a back injury. That was really scary. I guess the reports afterwards were favorable but that um that was pretty frightening and i i guess my question is how common is that the back injury when you're flailing all sorts of different ways uh between the pipes i can relate to it i i dealt with back spasms at times when i was playing but th- that injury last night was one of those odd ones that sort of takes a disturbing and concerning turn when a stretcher and then the mobilization board is introduced to it yeah, And, I mean, when you watch it and you understand what he was doing, I mean, he had his body really freakishly contorted to make two saves in a row. But usually when, when somebody gets in, into a real problem area with that, there, there's there's a body that lands on. There's, there's some kind of force in, introduced along with uh, just the way the body isn't supposed to bend. And that didn't really happen, so it, it seemed weird. I'm, I'm so glad, though, that they are really careful, cautious, professional. Very different. Back in the 90s when things happened, I tore my hamstring. You know, you come out, and you had one trainer back then. They'd just pick you up and, and sort of limp you off the ice. There there was no real reason to bring anybody out on there, just get you off the ice so we could get the game going again. And uh, now they, especially with a back, anything to do, uh, if there's any concern whatsoever with a spine, they're going to bring that out and take care. But the the post-game uh, news, I didn't see Scott after, uh, but everybody was saying he, that he was up and walking around. He'll get more tests, but hopefully it's just one of those little uh, spasms and not not something bone related or disc related. And as you mentioned, two really nice saves there. That 
That makes it better as opposed to being carried off on a stretcher after you allowed a goal. <laughs> you get one up. Yeah, 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 exactly. Good point. Yeah, you go out of there feeling like a champion, arm in the air, thumbs up, and off you go. Now somebody else take care of this. My work is done. <laughs> as George mentioned, a lot of goals last night and uh, in the last week for the Stars, six goals last night. I was just looking at the NHL offensive leaders this morning, and we all know – how good a player Jason Robertson is, but he appears to be taking it to an even higher level mm. this year in the DeBoer system. He had 79 points last season in 74 games. If he were to play the same 74 games this season, he's on pace for 113 points. He got another one last night. He he seems to really like the new coach in the system, doesn't he? I think a lot of guys do, but uh, you know he's their their best offensive player right now and, and certainly their best goal scorer. And he's proven that over the last couple of years. So you get into a more freewheeling, aggressive system uh, and it's, it's going to show up. That line's incredible. Like they do, they really don't play that much for a number one line. Like if, when you look at some of the other top lines around the league, they're, they're playing way more than what Hints, Robertson and Pavelski do. And yet they're they're putting up just gaudy numbers, all of them in the top twenty five of scoring. And in in Robertson's case, he went into last night's game. He was I found this a really impressive stat. He he was one of just three guys in the league that was top five in both goals and in points. So you know, like he he's up there with guys that if it continues, he would be in the conversation. Uh, about you know Hart Trophy and he's certainly in the running for the Art Ross uh, for the top scorer in the league. Uh, you know Jamie Ben won it way back when in 2015 and uh, he would have a, a shot at that. So yeah, I mean I think it's a perfect mix, Junior, of of having a really really talented young player in a system that it just encourages creativity and scoring. Yeah, the scoring has just been incredible for this team. In some other sports like football, you'll see teams get off to a great start offensively as the season goes on. Maybe the the book is out on them. I would think right now teams are just trying – when you play Dallas, you just try to survive the first, right? When you yeah. come out, it seems like. and but, but do you see that a lot in teams that get off the starts like this, that as the season goes on, teams start thinking, okay, well – We'll play them this way, and and maybe they start figuring figuring it out. Sure, I, I think you know first time through, and uh, e- either they they're surprised by the the aggressive nature and their ability to to produce offense the way that they have, and maybe with a lot of uh, video to watch, they can figure out how they can trim that a little bit when they're playing you head to head, but. You mentioned the first period, like Pete DeBoer has this team ready to go, like unbelievably so. They, they, I mean, they scored four first period goals last night. That sets you up for success when you can, you know, just sort of splash into a game and take a lead like that. They've outscored the opposition 24 to 7 in first periods. Like it's like no contest early. And then they ride that the rest of the way. I'm as curious as you're suggesting, though, George, whether they or how long they can sustain it, they're, they're going to have some lulls. 
mm-hmm. they also have an unbelievable uh, home schedule upcoming. Nine of the next 11 are at American Airlines Center. Thanks. So I anticipate point banking of significant proportions <laughs> going on around here if they continue to do what they do. And, and again, look, they, they were a terrific defensive team in past, and, and that's how they triumphed for the most part. I used to chide it a little bit that they were a team that they were kind of a 2-1 team in a 3-2 league. You know, most scores were 3-2, but they, they won just by low-scoring, suffocating defense. And you look at them now, and they're a they're like a six four five one seven two winning squad. And what has sort of trended in that direction, not to those heights, but it's it's kind of a four three league now, which is good. You know, offense is is entertaining. Every other sport has pushed forward or made rule changes uh, to encourage more offense, and it feels like finally hockey's starting to catch up a little bit. It certainly is entertaining. Yeah, I, I mean. Much like your show here in the morning, oh, it titillates yeah. the goal after goal <laughs> scored on this show. Yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's our weekly hockey visit with Daryl Razor Ray from the Stars Network. Got a broader hockey topic for you. Thought this was a really interesting piece in the Athletic about the death of the NHL slap shot. I read that. Yes, isn't that fascinating? That just in the last ten years or so, it's gone from. For for each team, about seven slap shots per game to this season, three and a half slap shots per game. It's been cut in half in just ten years' time, and they say a lot of that is due to more teams playing pressure defense and guys just don't have time to set up at the blue line or wherever and and get off a slap shot. But that's that's an iconic piece of this game, right? It is, and especially when you go. you go all the way back to when the actual nets weren't as taut as they are now. Uh, now, you know, you, you score on a shot and it trampolines up off the back of the net for the most part. It's in and it's out immediately. Back then, they were, they were soft and billowy and it was very artistic when a guy would wind up and take one of those missile clappers <laughs> and score and, you know, we'd replay it in slow motion, and it was just awesome to watch again. But the the technology of the sticks has changed a little bit, too, so that a player can use these sticks the way they're, they're constructed now and lean on them, and there's massive whip, kick points, and all this jargon that they love. <laughs> uh, and, and with that, everybody can sling it now. They don't have to wind up and... and take a massive slap shot. But the biggest thing, and this article talked about it, is the time and space that it takes to take one of those is gone. Teams and the stars this season would be an example of it. It's a pressure defense, and they just don't allow you to have that kind of time. The only time you really see it anymore, uh, it's not your defenseman at the point for the most part. Every now and then, but for the most part, they're just taking wrist shots and snapshots and trying to get it past the shot block and in and around the front of the net. But on a power play, you know, Steven Stamkos and Alexander Ovechkin, they'll stand over there on their off wing, a poster knock with the Boston Bruins, and they'll one-time the puck off the pass. And that's about the only time you you really do see a slap shot anymore because that's the only time where you're going to gain space along with time because there's one fewer defenders on the ice. Interesting. 
Well, along those lines, you remember uh, Rodney the Behemoth Nemeth, whose slap shot was so powerful, he used to fall down after uh, delivering <laughs> a goal. I saw him recently, and that's uh, putting everything yeah. into it. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> that's if you're going to shoot him, that's the way to shoot him. <laughs> All right, you mentioned yeah, big homestand starts uh, tomorrow, four straight uh, at home, including tomorrow night against the Islanders, seven o'clock here. On the ticket, uh, three at home before we talk to you next Friday, Razor. Yeah, they're hey, look, they're a blast to watch right now, bubbling with confidence, full of apricity from their days in the sun in Florida. This should be a good homestand. You bet. All right, we'll be listening and watching. Thanks, All Razor. Right. Oh yeah, see you, gentlemen. Love you. Love you too. Love you too. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. Yes, and happy Thanksgiving. Yes, happy Thanksgiving. Canadian and American Thanksgiving. Spatchcock turkey is what I'm going for this year. Spatchcock. What is that? You don't know? No. Oh, my God. Martha Stewart is pushing the spatchcock turkey this year. <laughs> okay. the cooking time in half. Okay. the cooking time in half, George. Huh. It's provocative to say as well. So. <laughs> How do they do that? Do you buy the, cur- the turkey half-cooked already? <laughs> ah, that's the secret. Oh, yes, indeed. That's that's also comedy. I think that's half-cock, not spatchcock, isn't it? Okay, spatchcock turkey. We'll look into yeah. it. Yeah, please do. Google it. All okay, right. see you, Razor. Thanksgiving, boys. See, see ya. ya. There goes Daryl Razor Ray. Stars and Islanders tomorrow night here on the ticket at 7 o'clock. Up next, Gordo's Corner. Well, we possibly take your phone calls at 888-787-1310. Emails, tweets, it's fantastic Friday fan feedback. And in this segment, I'm going to tell you one of the weirdest things that's ever happened to me. Next. Time for Gordo's Corner, brought to us by Tylock George Laser Eye Care and A1 Locksmith Security and Sinks. All right, my crazy experience here in just a moment. But first, a few other pieces of fantastic Friday fan feedback. This one from P1 John. He says the best TV show going right now is Andor on Disney streaming. Hmm. Okay. Haven't heard of it, but Andor sounds Star Wars related to me. There's so many Star Wars projects, I can't keep track of all these things. I know. I'm so behind in the Star Wars universe. William, subject line Yellowstone, body... Worst show ever. If you like it, I'll disown you, Gordon. <laughs> Good times. P1 day one. No funeral, William. So he hates uh, it, and I got a lot I'm of divided response yeah. on Yellowstone. It's as you said. You have to go into it. You know, it, check your brain. Yeah, you you just got to appreciate the ridiculousness of it, right? And then then you can enjoy it. It is not a high quality, deep thinkers show. But it's a wild ride. Mm-hmm. It may it's wildly entertaining. And for P ones just joining us, our rankings of the best TV shows of all time. I think I still put Breaking Bad at number one, the one that gave me the most entertainment and was most consistent throughout its run. Yeah, I would yeah, agree with that. White. Sopranos is still up there. Sopranos, for me. another great one. That was great. Isn't it weird, though, that we put dramas up there? There's mm-hmm. something that's keeping us from putting comedies at the very top, even though there's been fantastic comedies. Greatest comedy of all time? I would say Arrested Development, but those last couple seasons kind of yeah. ruined it for me a little bit. I know. The original three seasons, though, were just brilliant. Oh, so awesome. And then there was another comedy series. That, Hogan's Heroes? What about Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah, it's up there. 
Not Hogan's Heroes. MASH George. is up there. Oh, you overrate MASH. No, I know. Oh, my god. MASH was great. So. Especially for its time. <laughs> for its time. Uh, and then I have a couple here that these are going to be bittersweet pieces of fantastic Friday fan feedback. But I received them this week, and I wanted to read them in the week that I got them. This comes to us from, he just has a, the name Bevo Austin. Okay. He said, uh, Mr. Keith, not to bring the room down, but my brother, at the age of 39, passed away from brain cancer a few weeks ago. He'd been battling it for roughly seven years. While he didn't really listen to sports talk radio too much, there were two people he absolutely loved, and it was me, Gordon, and Donovan. Anyway, we are laying him to rest on Saturday. That's tomorrow. And then in his honor, we're going to go to the Stars game. He was a huge Stars fan. Uh, but he said that uh, I think tomorrow night is the Hockey Fights Cancer Night, too. Okay. I believe so. But he said, thanks for everything you and the Musers have done for our mornings for those years for him. And just wanted to send this to you again and say thank you and have a great day. And he said he wanted to send this for this week's Fantastic Friday Fan Feedback. Mm-hmm. So Very our condolences on the loss of your brother um, dying at the age of 39, battling brain cancer for seven years before that. That's wow. so young. Awful. So sorry to hear that. And then I got this from Eric. He said, Dear Mr. Keith, I'm writing to thank you, the Musers, and the hey. whole and the whole ticket team. <laughs> Last month, my wife, Julie, passed away suddenly at our home in the Catskills. Ah. My brother, Ethan, who lives in Frisco, dropped everything and flew to New York to help me to deal with the aftermath of this horrible tragedy. He then drove me and our dog 1,600 miles home to Texas to be with family. During the trip, uh, Ethan was sustained through 20 hours of driving through eight states by listening to the ticket. Your questionable takes and meaningless hypotheticals (laughs) got my brother through a really difficult trip and helped me, too. I'm still thinking about how long it would take me to toss a Frisbee from Dallas to Fredericksburg. (laughs) I'm learning that Julie touched the lives of thousands of people in unexpected ways and have appreciated hearing from many of them in recent days. I'm also learning that it's never a bad time to tell someone thank you for how they have helped you, even unwittingly. So thanks to everybody at the ticket for helping my brother help me Mm. with appreciation. and, And it's signed Eric. And then... Uh, we exchanged emails back and forth, and he sent me the obit from his wife, uh, his wife's passing from the New York Times. And his wife was Julie Powell, who I had read her obituary in the newspaper before I knew that she was, really? you know, yeah, connected to the ticket in some tangential way. But yeah, she was the woman who spent a year cooking every single recipe in Julia Child's mastering the art of french cooking and then that wow. led to this popular blog huh. led to the i think a movie starring meryl streep was somehow oh, tied yeah. in with all this and and but yeah she died back on october 26 she was only 49 years of age okay Julie I, think, Powell. I think i heard of her as yeah, well through yeah. that wow. um it became a real popular model for other blogs too. the julie julia project that yeah blog that that's started. right yeah okay so that was a nice email there from Eric, and I appreciate uh, getting that from him. Well, this is, if you go through that to to sit down and write that to a radio station after mm-hmm. what you've been through, that's that's amazing. Yeah, I know. With as much stuff as he's got going on in his life, to yeah. take time out to say that to us is meaningful. And, and his point is a very good one, which is take the time to tell someone who's done something meaningful 
to you how much it means to other people. Like he's receiving all this feedback from how much his wife had touched other people yeah. after mm-hmm. she passed. So anyway, thank you, Eric, and thank you, Bevo Austin. That's the best name I have for you, <laughs> but thank you for your response to that. Okay, craziest thing happened to me. So yesterday, our good pals at Eatsy's brought up some Thanksgiving food for us. Yep. Thank you, Eatsy's. Good, yes. good. I mean, it was the good, good. The Sweet spread tears, there. And they set it up in our printer room, which is kind of a small room, right? Mm-hmm. How big would you say that is? 10 by 10, 12 probably. by 12? If that. Probably not even that big. Yeah. And it basically just has a printer and then some desk space in there. And they covered the whole desk space, space with lots of... Uh, turkey and sweet know, taters, sweet taters and apple pie Stuffings. and pecan pie and I mean every inch of desk space is filled with that. I can't say that very well. Desk, desk space, desk space. So yesterday uh, they did that yesterday morning, right? Mm-hmm. And we all had some eats yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. So I come back up for the hard line last night for my regular Thursday visit. With the hard line, uh, 4.30 to 5.30, Thursdays with hard line. And I was looking forward to having another chunk of that pecan pie yesterday evening. Yeah, good. The two of you destroyed that pecan pie. (laughs) (laughs) And I went in there, and I was so bummed because the whole thing was cleared out. They had taken it all away. And I was like, okay, I understand that. They didn't want to leave it overnight. You know, it was getting later in the day, and so they... Cleared it out. Nothing in there. But I went into the break room and found inside the refrigerator there was one pecan pie that was left in there. Oh, yeah. For me. So I got a slice of that and ate it. So this morning, as I'm driving in work, I was saying, I know exactly what I need for breakfast. And that is another hunk of that pecan pie that was in the refrigerator in the Cumulus Cafe. Mm-hmm. So I go to the Cumulus Cafe. Now, meanwhile, this is the middle of our show. I'd already been into the printer room about four times. Okay. I think I know Nothing how the story's going, going to end, and I think I know where the pie is. Nothing in there. So I go to the uh, the refrigerator, and the pecan pie from last night, the one sole remaining item from Eatsy's, is gone. I was like, ah, somebody took it. All right. Well, that's okay. Mm-hmm. So somebody took that. Yeah. Well, then, <laughs> then... I go back in the print room because I knew that I had this little thing of oatmeal, you know, one of these little single servings of yeah. oatmeal. I had this. Well, I had placed it in that printer room when I walked in there and saw all the Eatsy stuff. So, well, I'm not going to eat my oatmeal today. I'll just eat the Eatsy's. This was yesterday. So I go in there to get this, and I go and I look in that printer room, and there's the entire spread again. Really? It's all laid out there again. What? So somehow my mind must have edited out that entire spread. I mean, I looked at that desk, and it was empty. No way. I looked at it yesterday evening, and it was empty, and the first half of our show today, and it was empty. Okay, I know they brought up a spread for the hard line, too. Did they bring that up after you left? No way, because I went to the end of the show. And I'm telling you, this is on me. There were like 15 different items and dishes, Yes, I mean, it is filled. Every bit of desk space is covered with Eatsy's dishes. Uh, But what you're telling me is... There's still sweet taters and pecan pie in there. Yeah, I already had a huge hunk of pecan pie after I discovered this. I mean, that's weird. I mean, it's been sitting out all night. That's all right. I don't care. Is this COVID brain? I don't know. But I'm so freaked out by it because I swear to you, when 
the heart. I mean, I was driving up for the Heartland last night, looking forward to this, and went in there and checked okay. it. I mean, I looked directly at the entire desk, and was bummed because they had taken all the Eatsies out, and either gotten rid of it or people had taken it home. Maybe another station up here got delivery. Uh, a delivery this morning. George, everything is in the same place it was yesterday morning oh, really? when they set it out. Yeah, Do you think you. it is a guess. glitch in the matrix yes. or at least my brain's matrix? It's a glitch in your simulation. I walked in. So I had to actually physically walk in there last night looking for that pecan pie on that desk. And I looked at that desk and despite it being filled with 28 different dishes... I saw nothing. I'm looking right at it from five feet away, and I saw nothing. That's and then weird. this morning, for half of the show, when I would go in there, <laughs> I didn't smell any of that food. I didn't look at any of that. I didn't notice it. I mean, I swear I looked right at because you walk in, and it's all it's right everywhere. in front of you. It is a small room. As I said, it's probably 10 foot by 10 foot, that room. It just has a printer and this desk space. So you tell me what happened. Wow. I don't know. Outside of my theory that another radio station got delivered more today. food today, yeah, yeah, and they happen to put it in the same spot. That's the only thing I can. That's think a of. possibility. That's not far fetched. But the dishes were in the exact same spot. If you want to know and what's it, and happened, it wasn't to food, hot this morning. Ask Norm. He'll know what's happened and how the food got <sighs> I there. Tell you, I'm going crazy. And go check his fridge too. You can probably find the other half of that pecan pie or look. Tell you, I'm going crazy. It's all right. just a larger version of what we all experience. You're looking for your car keys, and after 30 minutes, you realize they're right on the counter out in the mm-hmm. open. Yeah. You just have this in a larger version. I know it, but I've never had it happen to me this profoundly. Hmm. Have you ever done that? I need to go review the evidence. Just I used to up. watch Brain Games. Remember that show, Brain Games? I don't yeah. know if you've seen it. But have you seen the experiment they do with people? Uh, they tell you, okay, here are these five basketball players here on this court, and your job is to count how many times they pass the ball between them. Yeah. And you watch them pass the ball, and you think you're so smart, because at the end you go, 18, <laughs> pass the ball, 18. And then the host of the show comes on and says, you know, well, what did you guys think about the gorilla? And you're like, what? What is he talking about, Gorilla? I watched basketball players passing basketballs back and forth. And he goes, watch this again. This time you don't have to count the passes. And you don't count the passes. And it's the same footage. And the guys are passing the ball back and forth. And a guy in a gorilla suit walks into frame on one side <laughs> and looks, walks right in the middle of all the players. And they're all in a circle passing the ball around, right? He walks right into the middle of the circle, looking at the camera, shrugs his shoulders, his gorilla shoulders, and then walks out the other side of the frame. And that was in the footage the whole time that you just watched for a minute, counting how many times the guys passed the ball back and forth. I would like to think I would spot the gorilla. I'm telling you, George. I get distracted by the mascot behind the goalpost. It was the freakiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, this is wild. the this is the closest that compares to it is the missing Eatsy's dishes. Wild. <laughs> All right, thank you for your feedback. All right, Gordo, thank you for the corner. Right after the segment, Giorgio and I, Giorgio was going to go get some pie. <laughs> pie from in there because I just yeah. reported that all the food was back and I had a slice of pecan pie. Giorgio walks ahead of me. He gets into the printer room before I am. I'm about five feet behind him, and he does a double take. <laughs> And he goes, what? He says, what's going on? And then I walk in behind him. 
All the food's gone again. <laughs> There's a magician at work up here. And we did have it confirmed that Eatsy's only made one delivery, and it was for the ticket yesterday. So you did have a I think it was two deliveries to the ticket, though. I don't know. Because the hard line. Kev Kevin said. He said one delivery. Chris Chris's oh, really? best yeah. friend says that it was only one delivery. Okay. <laughs> All right, 940 on the ticket time for the Ranch Report with David Moore from the Dallas Morning News and SportsDayDFW.com. Brought to us by Crawford Services and Blaze Pizza. Happy Friday, David. Same to you, Craig. What a game. Vikings-Cowboys. Really intriguing matchup. Should be an exciting game on Sunday. Again, Dallas, oddly, the point-and-a-half favorite. And why don't we start with the injury update. Is this the week we expect Zeke to be back? He was certainly talking like this was the first time since he's had the injury that he was talking in a way that you got the sense he would be going uh, this Sunday. He didn't declare it like he had in past years. But in each of the last few games, he just said, I don't know, we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, this time he was like, well, this feels much better than it has. Uh, I'm, you know, I think I'll, I think I'll be able to go. So, um, how much he goes with two games in five days, we'll see. But I do believe he'll work his way back out there this Sunday. You know, I always look at the injury report just to see who practiced and who didn't. And we've had that story on the ticker this morning that Demarcus Lawrence has not practiced. He's got foot and knee problems. And I started thinking, well, the Cowboys are starting to get kind of banged up. That's everybody right now by mid-November, isn't it? That everyone has four or five guys, or in the case of Green Bay last week, 17 guys on their injury list, and everyone's banged up by now. Oh, no question. And very quickly before we talk more on injuries, do do you guys feel a little bit better about that loss in Green Bay after last night's game? No, (laughs) not really. Oh, okay. Just checking. (laughs) Yeah, um, Tennessee didn't have any problems shutting down the Green Bay running game. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, and, and you know, Mike McCarthy made the point, yes, that as, as Demarcus Lawrence told us, it's both feet and a knee at this point. Uh, but he also says, too, hey, everyone in here is beat up. Yeah. Um, and and Mike McCarthy made the point of when he showed up on – when Lawrence showed up on the injury report for the first time Wednesday – he said, well, but we're also getting to the time of year where we protect Lawrence on Wednesdays anyway. So the mm-hmm. veteran players who take a big pounding in the defensive line, offensive line, who uh, little older guys who have been through it for a while, Mike McCarthy likes to spot them and, and get them off their feet for one of the practices. Everything is really pointed toward their Thursday practice. Um, you know, that, that is the one where they usually go in pads, where they're the most physical um, which, which simulates the game situations uh, most. So uh, he, this is, we, we are to the time of the season, especially with three games of 12 days where the Cowboys are, where players are not going to be on the practice field because they determine it's more important for them to, to get the rest. You had a good piece in the morning news about Dak, and we were talking this week, the last signature win he's had was that New England game last year, and in your piece you traced back to that New England game and what Dak was before that game and what he's been since, and there has been a notable drop-off. It's dramatic, isn't it? While everyone's saying, you know, you ask questions about Dak not playing well or being erratic and everyone rolls their eyes and it's like, what are you talking about? 
And what we're talking about is what we see with our eyes and the statistics. Uh, since that New England game, Dallas is 8-6. and six. Now, he has in that stretch, I think it's 27 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. But, and I hate to be this guy, but 12 of those touchdown passes and no interceptions came in the final three games last year, and two of them were blowouts. Mm-hmm. So you take those 12 away, and now it's like a 13-10 in, in you know, touchdown-to-interception ratio. It's 6-4 to four this year. And to me, the thing that, that stands out is, He's had a quarterback rating of under 80 in six of the last 14 games. You have to go back to the start of the 2017 season and a stretch of 43 games. The previous 43 games, he only had six games with a quarterback rating under 80. So he has not been as efficient as he has in the past, even though they continue to say, um, you know, that's, that's not the case. All, all is good here. You know, and as this applies to Dak and the defensive problems we've talked about, do they have to be more conservative with stunts and twists defensively? And does Dak have to be more conservative with trying to work it into tight windows? Maybe just, hey, eat it, throw it into the turf and, and not force things. And I hate to bring this up, but the similar pattern to the way this team played when uh, Dak was not in the lineup. Yeah, yeah. Now, that gives you more potential for plays, but that, that doesn't mean you have to take every risk-reward opportunity. It doesn't mean you have to take every one on the risk side, right? I mean, yeah. you, can, you can moderate it there. Now, now, some of that is play calling, too. You can give them a play and say, look, this is it. Uh, but they give him the latitude to call out, and he has a lot of confidence in his ability to make something happen. And going back to that, you know, the early in, in the Green Bay game, was he go? Did he just feel he was going for the kill there, and to be up fourteen zero on the road was going to do it, rather than just going well ten zero still pretty good, you know, and, yeah. and taking it from there. Uh, so those are little moments you can never. I don't know that you ever fully have anyone explain what the thought process is in a moment that leads to these decisions. But I, I also found it interesting too when we were talking to him yesterday that you know in the past he has always he has always fallen on his sword and said, hey, look, I've got to be better there. That's not a ball I should have thrown. By and large, that's been his approach when discussing turnovers or or interceptions through the years. Yesterday, when we were talking to him about those two interceptions, it was, hey, I have a lot of confidence in my arm. I'm going to keep making those throws. And to me, that's a a subtle difference in Dak Prescott from – uh, the manner, at least, in which he interacted with us before when taking, when talking about those uh, turnovers. So uh, he he may be in this stretch where, you know, look, I'm going to double down. I know I'm good. I know this is going to make our team better. Uh, we have a deep, you know, you can look at it two ways, right? You be conservative because you have a good defense, or you say, well, why don't I make it easier in our defense? Because then they'll just, I'll give them a big lead and they don't have to worry about it. So, We'll, we'll see how this plays out. But I think him being a little more conservative in certain situations and the defense maybe not going all out for the quarterback and just saying, hey, let's stop the run first, then we'll get back who we are rushing the passer, uh, may be the way to go. All right, prediction time. David, who do you have? 
Boy, how much hype would this game have had if the Cowboys would have held up their end and won in Green Bay yep. with what uh, Minnesota did? This this would have been through the roof. I think that's really tamped down on the uh, uh, hyperbole and excitement going into this game. But in an odd way, I'm not so sure that, that Minnesota winning the way it did against a quality opponent on the road, um, they might have a little bit of a letdown in this one. Um I'm actually going to say because of Dallas's pride being stung and the high that Minnesota is on and what we've seen in the NFL, Cowboys 27-24. Yeah, I guess I um, I faded myself. I picked, I think it's a toss-up game, and I picked the uh, Cowboys last night on picks with friends in Minnesota today. On picks so against the P one, right. so I, yeah, I got to be right. No, but I'd, I'd like the Minnesota pick better, and I got to get a ruling on picks with friends. But yeah, I, I think Minnesota wins it by the weird score of twenty nine twenty seven. I have you as taking Dallas this morning. Did you take Minnesota? Maybe I took Minnesota yesterday. That was it. Yeah, I had you taking Dallas against the P one, and I saw a gorilla come out when I made the pick. <laughs> so I'm sorry. What's your pick? Uh, Minnesota. I think Minnesota wins. Yeah. 29-27. I think I'm with David. I also am with George in that I think it's a toss-up game. By the way, just because I may pick Dallas here doesn't mean that I don't believe in my own book. As you know, (laughs) the Cowboys will sprinkle in fool's gold throughout a season. That's what they do every year. And just because I don't have any faith in the Cowboys in the postseason, that doesn't mean I'm picking them to go 0-17 and completely miss the postseason or lose every game. They're always going to win some games and give you some fool's gold, and I think this week will be a fool's gold win. I expect up and down. Cowboys, after a terrible game, should play better. I think you're right, David. Vikings could have a letdown after that incredibly dramatic win. And I'm picking Dallas to win 24-23 because the Vikings kicker greg joseph has missed four extra points this year i think he'll miss another one this week and it'll cost them the game that would be very vikings like yeah wow all right david have a good trip i'm actually making the trip too maybe i'll run into you yeah i heard that but you're going on a private jet i believe is what you were saying earlier uh pj yeah Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. sure enough (laughs) yep all right have a good trip and a good weekend david Okay, you too, guys. Talk to you soon. That's David Moore. Check him out on the Dallas Morning News, sportsdaydfw.com. We apologize to Donovan and Sean next. I are sorry we accused you guys of pranking us by moving food. You have not moved food, and we're sorry. Didn't even know food was here. We were out yesterday. Didn't even... That's right. I forgot you guys no were idea. out. No idea. Is there any left? <laughs> I knew that would be... Uh, no. No, it all got... No. It all got uh, sent to good homes. Yes. Yes. All right. What you guys doing today? You're higher than I can. Do your high note. No, I I can't hit that note. How do you know? You haven't tried it. Have you heard Gordo's high note? Oh, my gosh. Yes. I heard the opera. There you go. I can't hit that. Good Lord. I didn't try to hit that. Try it. No, I can't. Come on. I can just, you know, try to sing that. I think I can hit it as high as I used to. I think I've thrashed my voice over the years. I think you have too. 
Norm, growing up in upstate New York, how many lake effect blizzards like this did you experience? They're get, maybe going to get five feet of snow and had to move the Bills game? Never yeah, one I have no size. idea. I, um, I said yesterday I was part of one where we were snowed in during the Christmas holidays at college because we got 25 inches of snow in 24 hours. Wow. Uh, and Did you snuggle up with a nice little co-ed? I was in my warm. dorm room, and I didn't snuggle up with anybody. Oh, Norm. <laughs> What's wrong with snuggling up with, so with your sad. roommate, Norm? Gordon, we chose not to. Yeah, that's Norm's choice. You have Norm's choice, heat, why don't so you? So you, you guys could keep warm. Did you have enthusiastic either? consent not to? Don't answer his questions, Norm. From him Just or worry from about me? today's double plays. <laughs> okay. Don't worry about that. Him. Okay. Don't worry about oh, that. Oh, Georgie, who you on this weekend? UMass. UMass. Let's all root for the Minutemen. Just to cover. Aggies, you can win the game, and I think you will win the game. You're just not going to win by more than 33 and a half. If they don't win the game on Saturday, then I will will shut off all floors above the first (laughs) in all buildings. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. They're not going to lose to uh, UMass, right? No. But... The other side of that is we talked about June's. Yep. George is on the theory that A&M's a little depressed. They're never, they don't score enough. In fact, they are the lowest scoring offense in the SEC. I believe that. And, but the other side of that, June's is the snowball starts rolling downhill, downhill and all the Aggies. Take out their frustration on the poor right. minute men. Right. That'll be my luck. They'll score 60 Every tomorrow. time I hit refresh on that game, I want to see a <laughs> touchdown by a Seven. I hit refresh 14. I hit refresh 21. Just keep climbing until uh, yeah. Moose loses this triple play. If George wins, it'll be because UMass rallies and plays well for their greatest product, Dr. J. Indeed. If they if they play for Dr. J, George wins his bet. Okay. I'm going to predict a 45 to 10 score. Oh, we don't need that. <laughs> don't I know. Need that. Well, right when on the cusp of the cover and it doesn't happen. Well, they kick a field goal with like three, three seconds left. Who you got? I have uh, UConn over Army. Army. Army's favored by 10? Army? Come on, mm. man. If UConn wow. plays for Ray Allen, then you're going to win your bet. UConn, you. you can. Every college team has to devote their f- 